Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Food. The issue of food. Huge. If you've gone to the grocery store in the last few months, and I imagine you have, you know what's happened to the price of food. Up, 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 and up. And there's an issue of food security around the world in this country. Our next guest uh, tells us we are not particularly concerned about food security, but we are concerned about the price and the cost of food. And there's a further development that's taking place, and that is involving fertilizer and what the federal government wants Canada's farmers to do. We'll talk about that as well. Also, just to remind you, we will have a a Dutch uh, member of parliament from the Netherlands will be with us tomorrow on the issue of what's going on in that country with the EU demanding changes to farming, significant massive changes to farming, which will put many farms out of business. And there have been huge demonstrations and protests in the Netherlands with uh, tractor convoys and truck convoys blocking major highways and city streets. So we'll talk to a Dutch member of parliament about that tomorrow. There was yesterday as well uh, the announcement by Ukraine and then separately by Russia. They had both made agreements with the United Nations, through the United Nations, that they would um, the export of food, of grains, would be permitted. Now, the Russians have been blocking the export of Ukrainian grain from Black Sea ports like Odessa, but now the, uh, the agreement with Turkey's assistance apparently is in place. I say apparently because nobody really knows what's truly going to happen. We do know that we've been told that a Russian missile strike hit the port of Odessa today. That's just hours after the Ukrainians and the Russians, independent of one another. It wasn't a deal between each other, an agreement between each other. It was a deal independent of each other. So just hours after that deal was signed, Russian missiles struck Odessa. My guest tweeted uh, this morning, Ukraine and Russia signed deal today or yesterday in Turkey, committing to let tons of vital grain supplies ship out from long blockaded southern ports in Ukraine. I'll believe it when I see it. He's correct. My guest is Professor Sylvain Charlebois, director of the Agri-Foods Analytics Laboratory and professor at Dalhousie University. Sylvain, uh, it's, it's hard to believe Putin at anything that he says. And this is very worrisome. Just hours after the agreement is signed, which supposedly is going to move millions of tons of Ukrainian grain and then separately Russian grain and fertilizer to a hungry world, they they, they strike uh, Odessa with, with missiles. Um, your thoughts on that first, before we look at this country? Well, yeah, well, I didn't want to be correct on this one, but uh, as soon as I got up this morning, I heard the news about uh, Odessa and I was, uh, obviously very disappointed uh, I just it's hard to trust Russia at this point uh, on anything he was uh, I mean the Russian regime has been cruelly predictable uh, from day one and so that's why it's hard to believe anything that is signed or is said uh, you have to look for actions but actions have been pretty consistent and uh, and that's why I mean I remain quite concerned about Ukraine. I remain concerned about its role in, in, within our global food systems. Uh, the deficit looming. We're hearing shortages of chickpeas now. There was mustard seeds last week. So we're we're starting to see evidence that 
Ukraine's invasion really is going to cost dearly to uh, and will actually prompt a global food crisis, not necessarily affecting North America, but it will affect many regions of the world, including Northeast Africa, Middle East, uh, particularly. Mm-hmm. Let's bring this home. Uh, what's the reality of Canada's food inflation rate, which you pointed out on Twitter? Statistics Canada didn't even bother to mention in its monthly report this week. I was puzzled by that, to be honest, uh, Roy, because right now, still, uh, the food inflation rate uh, outpaces the general inflation rate. So the, the, the inflation rate is at 8.1%. The food inflation rate nationally is at 88 So it's driving inflation upwards still, and there was zero mention of of food at all in their report. Of course, there were other hot spots uh, like real estate and energy. I can understand that, but food remains a, a problem in this country. Now, the good news is that I actually think that we're starting to see uh, the light at the end of the food inflation tunnel. Uh, the food inflation rate actually did drop uh, this month, uh, or at least in June. Uh, in April and May, the food inflation rate was at 9.7%. It's now down to 9.4%. Anything west of Manitoba is below 8%. So you can see that uh, there is a shift going on, which is, which is we have to accept this as good news. Why? Because the market is starting to become more predictable, more manageable, uh, and it will allow the industry not only to plan ahead uh, with less volatility, but it will also give consumers some breathing room in terms of discounts and rebates. It's hard to uh, to offer any loss leaders discounts when you have no idea what's going to happen next week, let alone the next day. So I actually did see this week's support as very good news. Okay. What might a reduction in food inflation look like on the price sticker at grocery stores? And on what foods do you think we may see real price improvement? Well, so here's the thing. There, there's food prices and there's food inflation. Now, the food inflation uh, rate is, is likely to drop uh, by the time we're done with Q4, so December. Uh, last December, we published Canada's food price report, and we were expecting the food inflation rate to, to end at about 7%. We're still very comfortable with that forecast. Uh, however, we don't think that food prices will drop anything, anytime soon. There are problem spots at the grocery store, and I would say bakery is one. Uh, produce is another, still quite volatile, but the worst is dairy. Uh, we just got hit by an 8.4% increase uh, 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 for milk prices at, at, at the farm. Yeah, farmers are getting 8.4%, but what people don't realize is that uh, we actually are paying 25% more for fluid milk since January. So an 8.4% at Farmgate means that we're paying 25% more at mm. retail. And now we're expecting another increase of 2.5% in the fall when kids go back to school. So that could actually equate to maybe a 6, 7, 8% more at retail. So dairy is, is going to remain a problem until the end of the year for sure. Um, difficult environment for farmers in this country. A 35% tariff on fertilizer purchases 
by Canadian farmers demanded by Ottawa in the name of climate change. Mr. Trudeau wants 30% reduction in nitrous oxide emissions, not fertilizer, says Ottawa, just the nitrous oxide emissions, but experts say you can't separate the two, at least not yet. What's the reality for the Canadian farmer? What's going on? Do we have a a mini Holland, uh, Netherlands developing here? Well, actually, I could see uh, Canada being the next Holland, to be honest. Uh, in, in Holland, as you know, Roy, they're, they're aiming at very aggressive targets uh, to reduce emissions by 50% yeah. by 2030. And, uh, and again, the ag ministers met in Saskatoon this week uh, to agree on new targets, more aggressive targets, uh, which really will... Well, when, when you look at it, you say, well, it's good news uh, because agriculture will get greener. But what really happens, Roy, is that you're basically discriminating against certain production uh, sectors like livestock, for example. The livestock industry is in trouble because it can't meet uh, aggressive targets, as said by, by the ag minister in, in, in Ottawa. So we're basically starting to see the same scenarios that what we're seeing in the Netherlands and and the Netherlands is currently a powerhouse, but that is likely going to be compromised by what's happening right now with aggressive targets. So again, saving the planet and climate change are important issues, of course, uh, but there are other lower, lower hanging fruits in the economy that we could tackle before compromising our own food security. Yeah, we already, as we started out the segment with, we know that millions of people are in danger as far as food security is concerned because of the situation with Russia invading Ukraine. So that's an ongoing crisis, and with Russia firing missiles at Odessa, the port of Odessa today, that's the report out of Ukraine, and we'll be speaking with the Ukrainian ambassador to Canada. She'll be back with us tomorrow on this program. These are all major concerns. Sylvain, can you stay with us a little longer? I was uh, wanted to get a couple of calls from people who are actually farmers in the agribusiness. Of course. Okay. Peter is uh, in Tabor, Alberta. How are you, Peter? Good yourself. I'm well, sir. Are you a farmer, rancher? A farmer. So um, you've been listening to Professor Charlebois. He's, uh, he's, he's still with us and me. And So what's the issue? What's the greatest issue that you're dealing with? Uh, like it's. The biggest cost now is, is fertilizer and uh, fuel. And if we cut 30% of fertilizer, you know, the in, it's not just that we will have the same crop or 30% less crop. It'll be a lot a lot more than, than 30%. So that? My suggestion would be, like, if, if the government wants us to cut 30%, why don't we start at the top? Let's have their wages cut by 30%. And everybody follow it, and then we'll see. Then we all need thirty percent less. Still, any thoughts for for Peter? Not surprised by his comments, to be honest. Uh, I mean, the pressures are there, and uh, it seems as though Ottawa is not recognizing any of these uh, pressure points. Uh, input costs are going up, and if you uh, if you force farmers to uh, cut the use of fertilizers, you're basically making our agriculture less efficient. So the motivation of making more money is just not going to be there anymore. So for this year, for example, uh, with input costs being higher, uh, I suspect that uh, fewer farmers would seed and use acreage, uh, compromising our ability to grow food. So this, these are the things that don't seem to really be recognized by Ottawa at this point. Um, Peter, I imagine you agree with what Professor Charlebois just, just had to say. 
Yes, I do. Like, see, and for fertilizer, this last spring, our fertilizer was triple the price than it was a year before. Our fuel was double the price than a year before. And so the cost goes up, green goes up a little bit, comes down, and then here we're stuck with, with that. And if they want us to use 30% less, so we, it's going to be better for the environment, they are totally wrong. Are they offering you anything in, uh, as far as uh, subsidies or incentives are concerned? No, not that I have heard at all. Maybe the professor will know, but I mean, I haven't heard anything that there's something that if you cut 30%, like we already do with everything, with, with today's equipment and everything that we have, it's efficiency and not overlapping, like with sprayers, with fertilizer, with everything. We do it as most efficient that we can. Okay, so if, uh, if you have to cut by 30%, that's what they want. Does that, uh, when you combine that with the increased cost of fuel and, uh, and just, you know, the, the, the essentials to do business, does that wipe out your profit margin? Oh, yeah, big time. Because, you know, like when you take 30% away from the, from the fertilizer, you know, it, it's not like, like you're going to have a lot less crop and the rest of the expenses, they're still all there. They don't come, they don't come back. They, they don't go back. It's still all there. So then, if like this happens across the country, we're going to be having, there will be an impact to the grocery store, yes? Oh, yeah, for That's sure. Right. The, 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 the one thing that, uh, that we need to remind uh, listeners is that farmers are price takers. Okay, and price-taking economics are uh, cruelly unfair uh, when you're asked to uh, be less productive and, and and when costs go up. That's that's the thing with price-taking economics. You cannot pass on anything to anyone. You have no ability to do that. Unlike other companies, who do have to absorb the carbon tax, they do have to absorb more costs, but they have options to uh, maintain profitability. Farmers just can't do that. Yeah, I come back to what you said. That's exactly uh, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Peter, is this a situation where you could see that, I don't want to take this too far, but that your, the actual survival of your farm may be at stake? Well, all depends on how long it goes on and, and what they want. Because first they're asking for thirty percent less. What's what's next? You know, that's all these unknown things. It's, it's first thirty percent, and what's next? And then, like, like you cannot. We we just see what what happens around the world. You know, like if everybody cuts down thirty percent, they're already saying there's a food shortage. Like, where are they going to yeah. get it from? Yeah, Peter. Thanks for what you do for us. Thank you, sir. You have, you have a good day. You too. Peter and Tabor, Alberta. Um, about 30 seconds here, Sylvain. Is there, a, I mean, do we have a real real concern here that uh, that farms may, some of them, may just not make it with this, with this federal government initiative or demand? It's not really an initiative. It's a demand. Uh, absolutely. And I know that uh, Mr. Gilbo is, is thinking of making some exceptions uh, with 20, uh, 30 targets. And I, I do have I do hope at some point uh, he uh, or the ministry will actually consider uh, putting ag on that list. I know that agriculture is not high uh, as a priority in Ottawa. I think everyone knows that by now. But still, stakes are immensely high. And, and when I mean by stakes, I'm talking about food security. Oh, I got you. I understand.
If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 